Ah, it's good to be back. Another week, another string of episodes of the Daily Thread. It's, I'm, I'm already exhausted. I can tell you that much, but it's good to be back. No, Wilson. So it's a long, uh, it's a long weekend. You know, it, it, not that it's so long. It's just a lot of things happen over the weekend. That's true. And one of the things that I do want to mention is today's sponsor of this podcast is Preferred van and car service you know you always want me or your other kids to drive you places no just to the airport we'll just pick, to the we'll airport pick us but up. you know what maybe we'll do that or you can go ahead and give yankee geller a call okay I could he's do, got some I could nice suvs really great service so i could ask um, him to pick him up from the airport instead of naki you could ask him to pick you up from the airport you could ask him to really drive you anywhere honestly let's say you want to go out to the city for for a dinner or a night really? out call yankee geller you know, okay. his number is 732-887-3473. We'll have a link in the description where you can reach out to him. And, of course, you can email him at preferredvanservice at gmail.com. That's preferredvanservice at gmail.com. They are our new friends here at the Daily Thread. You'll be hearing about them each day this week. And go show them some love because uh, they're supporting what we do. So we're going to support what they do. Great. Um, so we have a string of stories that we're going to mention today. First, I want to start off. I was at the Kinnis HaShluchum last night. And, right. boy, was that some fun. Um, I... Instantly, we walked into that room. First of all, it was freezing outside. It was like 27 degrees right. in Edison. I don't know if it was like that over here. It was cold. It was cold. It was freezing cold. cold and windy. And uh, what, what can I say? It's just incredible Incredible to be in a room with with over 6,000 people. Maybe 7,000. I don't well, know. Well, this, this is the dinner season, as we mentioned a couple of times last week. But this is the uh, a world-class dinner. Uh, yeah. It, it was The company was amazing. The food was amazing. Got to meet some really cool people. Um, and, uh, of course, if you're following the daily thread on WhatsApp, you'll see, you, you've seen all those, uh, pictures and videos that we posted last night. Uh, one, one interesting interaction that took place was we were actually a couple of interesting ones, but one was, you know, we were sitting there watching a video and we look over and we saw, we saw somebody that, you know, me and Yochan knew, Davidi Crombie, who's, uh, he's a music producer, he's a manager. I think he manages Ishai Rebo and Eric Tisrael. Mm-hmm. So he was doing a lot with the music <laughs> last night there because it's a big production and sitting next to him was Akiva. Really? Akiva, a new up-and-coming artist out of Israel. And nobody was like going over to him. I don't, I don't know if anybody didn't recognize him, but we went over, we got a picture of them. Really, really cool people. Put the and picture up here. Yeah, we'll put the picture up here. Another another interesting one is that um, we were walking towards the stage and someone came over to me and said, um, uh, I listened to your podcast. I said, oh, nice. Thank you so much. He said, I live in Mauritius. Mauritius is an island in the middle of an in, in, the, in the middle of the Indian Ocean. Really, it's a twenty-hour flight away. <laughs> well, so you have you have internet there, of course. He said we have five G. If you don't have five G, they have Starlink from uh, yeah. um, what's his name, um, Elon, Elon Musk. Musk. It's incredible, Mauritius. I think that was the most out there place where I. Uh, so shout out to the Shliach Mauritius. I uh, really appreciate it. And I met so many amazing people last night. Um, they did a CM on thirty-six Sefer Torah. I don't know if you've ever been to a CM of more than one Sefer Torah being written. They they finished the completion of 36 Sefer Torah, and I believe they did a girl of which Chabad houses the Sefer Torah go to. Really? Yeah. They finished all 36? They finished all 36. They wrote the last ice in all 36. I got to, you know, uh, say hello to Revital Krinsky, Ramesha Kalarsky, Mendy Kalarsky, George Rohr, you know, Rochelle Morcher Bashkin, Rabbi Shay's Tab. It was really... All stars. Yeah. Really incredible All stars of the of the Chabad movement uh, that are really um, are the engine of uh, the world Jewish community. Really, it's it's un it's unbelievable uh, what took place there last night, and I was just very very happy to be there. And um, what can I say? You know, 
Chabad unites Klal Yisrael. There's a table there from the OU. I saw Rabbi Howard, Rabbi Bain, uh, Josh Josephs, you know, the whole OU uh, dele- delegation there. Uh, Gedalia Zlatovich from Art School was there. So Chabad unites. Chabad unites Klal Yisrael. Um, and it was really an amazing event. So um, interestingly, I walked into shul, and we'll get to the first story of today. I walked into shul on Shabbos morning, and there was a little bit of a buzz. And a few of the Atzala guys were talking, mm-hmm. and I said, hey, guys, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And uh, usually if it's a telecall, they can't really say much, so I get I get the point. But they said there was an alert that went out last night that there is night. a yeah. there is a credible threat against synagogues in New York. That there's a guy who purchased ammunition, he purchased weapons, and he made a threat against synagogues. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to not sit near the door today. Although I ended up sitting next to the door. But... Um, that was something that we, we ended up turning on our phones to after Shabbos to really get a, a unfortunate glimpse at what was happening. The headlines was two arrested and threats to New York Jewish community. Two were arrested on Saturday at Pennsylvania station. The police say they seized a large hunting knife and a firearm with 30 round magazine. Commissioner Sewell, she tweeted, uh, today we're extremely grateful for the NYPD investigators and our law enforcement partners who uncovered and stopped a threat to our Jewish community. This morning's arrests and pensation and weapon seizures are proof of their vigilance and collaboration that keeps New Yorkers safe. Definitely, definitely frightening. Well, that, that just punctuates the fact that uh, despite all the talk in the news about um, um, hatred and discrimination and racism, uh, that at the end of the day, uh, it's the Jewish community that is a target in most of the situations where there is um, uh, hate actions and yeah. um these types of things uh, taking place. It happens against other ethnic groups, of course, but uh, nowhere near as much as it uh, is targeted uh, to the Jewish community. It, it's honestly, there was, it was frightening. It was frightening knowing that, you know, until they had caught this person who, which I think was around 11, 12 PM, 11 AM, 12 PM on, 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 Shabbos? on Shabbos morning. It was, well, it was, I think when I read uh, they, they arrested them in Penn Station. In Penn Station. I don't, I don't know, know they where they were heading. They were arriving into Penn Station or leaving from Penn Station. You know? I, don't, I don't know where they're heading, but do you, know, you know what? Give a lot of credit to the NYPD. Give a lot of credit to the MTA officers that they, they recognized and they noticed uh, this individual and they took action quickly. Right. Well, it's, another, it's, another, it's another heads up to all the shuls, honestly, in the communities to make sure you have armed security outside. Yeah, yeah most of the shuls, I mean, we shouldn't have said it on the podcast, but probably most don't. Uh, uh, but a lot of do have. Why, very, why wouldn't a shul have armed know. security? I don't know. You know, it's a good. That's a good issue. Uh, why don't they have security? Maybe I think uh, what I heard from not not in this particular instance, but in other instances over the years, when the subject of security comes up, a lot of shuls here and in, not just here, but in Borough Park and Flatbush, probably in Lakewood and other major uh, densely populated from areas, most of the shuls are in on homes. They don't. You can't tell they're a shul from the outside. So uh, a shul that you can tell has a big sign and a big mug and david or, or whatever or big hebrew lettering that could be easily identified as a shul i mean how is a guy bent on doing evil going to know that there's a shul in a house in in, in borough park or flat but you can't really tell unless you sit there and observe you have to have yeah but you know i'm not taking my chances i'm not taking my chances i'm not suggesting that you take that you take any chances like, but uh, I, I spoke with uh, shulam klein of the rnsp which is yeah. the rockaway nassau a security patrol, and I followed his uh, WhatsApp thread, and uh, he was in touch with uh, with the police department uh, beginning uh, late uh, late Friday night, yeah. and uh, they immediately sent their volunteers out to, to all the schools, those that have paid security and those that don't. And yeah. uh, the police department was alerted, and they sent out patrol cars. And you know, in a tweet from Snap Anti-Semitism, uh, the NYPD he said arrested 
Matthew Maher, 22, and Kisra Brown, 21, at Penn Station. Um, one of the men was wearing a swastika armband, and he was in position, like I said, with a firearm and 30 rounds of ammunition and a hunting knife. They were, they were definitely um, planning no good. It's disgusting, you know, to hear the part about the swastika. Not like the other part isn't disgusting, but the people, the people like this exist with such hatred inside is scary. And uh, thank God, you know, yeah. thank God that well, you know, any anything, everything was avert, was averted. Listen, we need to be alert. You know what they say: uh, if you see something, say something. Yeah. Don't think you're just seeing something and it's nothing. That's mm -hmm. that's a natural reaction. If you see something, you have to alert uh, the, uh, the the police or uh, security and uh, let them check it out and yeah. determine that it's uh, something or nothing. Absolutely, we want to wish. Hey, happy birthday to the president of the United States, Joe Biden, turning 80 okay. years old. He's the, he's yeah. the first president who hit the 80 mark, isn't uh, he? Yeah. I mean, uh, he, he turned 80 yesterday, I think, on, yeah. on Sunday. And um, I did a, um, actually, I did an article that just, just finished before I came in here this morning mm -hmm. uh, called um, Sages for the Ages about uh, different Sages for the Ages. Different age groups of different leaders. You know, I, I mentioned, as you'll see in the article later this week, mm -hmm. uh, that, you know, there's a minimum age. For, exa for example, uh, Congresswoman uh, AOC, uh, um, Alessandria Ocasio-Cortez, Ocasio she's not allowed to be president of the United States even if she I wants know. to run. Well, thank she's, God for that. But she's only 33 years old because you have to be, according to the Constitution, you have to be 35 years old 35. to be president of the United States. And the election States. is one month one month before she turns 35 well, I, this year. I, I don't think she's a, a serious candidate in any event. That's not the point. The point is that the, the talk is there should be a cap on what age. Up until what age you can be president really? of the United States? Absolutely, and the the suggestions has been made, and I've heard that the cap should be at seventy five. If the cap was seventy five in the coming twenty twenty four election, neither Joe Biden or Donald Trump would be allowed to run. You know that might be the best thing for the country. If you have a minimum age, why can't you have a maximum age? You know, and then I also compared it to you know, we we met Avram Avino in uh, last week's Pasha, <laughs> two Pashas ago, when he first realized there's a God in the world, he was seventy five. You know, when he when he had a bris, it was ninety nine. When he had Yitzchak, he so was. So there shouldn't 100. be a cap. What? So then there shouldn't be a that's, cap. That's that's for biblical leaders. That's the type of person you are. You know. Lauren Spicer tweeted: Joe Biden turns eighty years old tomorrow, and he's going to become the oldest sitting president in history. Joe is the opposite of the phrase "age ain't nothing but a number." <laughs> uh, well, and you know, it's he it's 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 a challenging situation. Uh, uh, for him, and uh, I was thinking about it uh, over the weekend, and I don't see who the heir apparent is to the Democratic Party. You know, they only chose Joe Biden to begin with because things in 2020, things were going in the direction of either Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, and they desperately, the Democratic apparatus... Bernie's been quiet. They didn't, they didn't want him. They didn't yeah. want him because... Too extreme? Uh, 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 let me say this. As, as, as bad as Joe Biden is, they would have been much worse. Yeah, they're they're. Yeah, you can agree or disagree with that. Definitely more radical. Politics are definitely but, more uh, radical. So, but what, what's the, what does the future hold for the Democratic Party? They don't have any real uh, Cory Booker leadership. Cory Booker, maybe He's Phil, been Mur there. maybe He's Phil, Mur that. Phil Murphy is going to make a run for it. Maybe who knows? They got a long way to go. These guys, they don't have that gravitas. They don't have that kind of stature. Yeah, speaking of the the president discussion, um, some saying that Twitter is dead. Some are saying Twitter is alive. But I'll tell you one thing. Twitter is definitely making headlines because Elon Musk over the weekend reinstated Donald Trump's Twitter account uh, and he received all of his 81 million plus followers back and, you know, not instantly, it took a little over, it took overnight for it to come. And why did this happen? Elon Musk put a poll on Twitter, which he let run for over 24 hours. 
Should I reinstate former President Donald Trump? It was very close. 52, 52% said yes. 48% said no. 15 million, people, 15 million people voted. 134 million people saw the poll. 15 million people voted. President Donald Trump is back on Twitter, and um, he hasn't tweeted yet. Well, he has not tweeted he, yet. He said originally that if he was allowed back on, he wasn't going to go. Don't forget he has his own platform. Uh, I Truth. heard something. I don't know if it's true, but I heard that he has a contract with True Social that his tweets need to be exclusively on True Social for six hours before it goes anywhere else. I thought he is Truth Social. Do I know? I, I don't know. I don't know. They also, All I know is also, no one can tell Donald Trump what to do. He also reinstated uh, Kanye West. By they the reinstated way. Kanye West, and one of, his, one of his first tweets was, Shalom. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Wow, is, that, is that ever patronizing? Yeah. And you know what? There is videos this morning, which is really breaking, breaking. There's videos this morning that came out that suggest that Kanye West is making a run for president in 2024. Yes, yes. That, that should be fun. That should uh, mess up the whole system if it's not already uh, a mess. But, you know, good luck to him. Anybody that could put it together uh, should uh, has the support out there that feels they have a, a base of support should go ahead. If they can put it together, they should absolutely run. Absolutely. Let's go ahead and dive into the inbox. We got a lot of the feedback. Mailbox. Okay, so this episode, this recent episode, definitely got us the most feedback that we have gotten. Uh, the, that the is the episode, episode the episode about rejection, talking about oh. schools and rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of suggestions I heard, which I, I, I kind of liked over the weekend. And like, again, we were not talking about people not having a place. I, I would like to say that most people at the end of the day have a place to be. The real, the real discussion was, you know, girls and boys having to be pushed into places like they're pieces of meat, you know, uh, like they know that they're being treated the way they're being treated. They know that they're not being accepted. Um, so we just, we said last night on our status on the daily thread, should we be discussing this rejection topic again? And unanimously it was overwhelming response of people saying yes. And one of the responses that we did get was yes. As someone who has been rejected by the base aqua system, the, this conversation is very validating. Even though it's been a while and I'm a successful medical student, that rejection still keeps up with me now. And then the schools need to know how hard it is hurting people. Um, someone said, I remember when I was back in eighth grade when they were mailing out acceptance letters, my cousin and I applied to the same school and we had our interviews on the same day. I got my letter and I got accepted after three days. My cousin didn't get hers for two weeks. I never forget the look in her eyes. She realized that mm-hmm. I got in so much earlier than her and uh, kind of saw a spark fade away in her in her eyes. Uh, I think it's someone else writes. I think it's definitely a conversation that should be spoken about and developed more. For myself, I was rejected to a high school for ninth grade and I applied again for 10th grade and I got rejected again. And then I had to be pushed in. Not something that does good to anyone, but especially teenager. Barksha, I'm doing great now, but it definitely affected my self-confidence then. I'll tell you and just keep swiping swiping there are tens and tens of messages just like that okay so let's let's back up for a second let's analyze that what do you want to do about the competitive nature of life you want to do away with the competition that exists in life naturally no i think that when it comes to acceptance especially at the high school and some might argue that it should be for seminary as well no acceptance letters get mailed out until every single person has a place to go well, how do you know who has a place and who doesn't have a place? You're talking about well, the schools, every, the school, there's so many the hundreds of different schools and, and, and even seminaries in Eretz Yisrael. There's so many of them. You're, you're, asking, if you have to, you're asking about uh, creating new agencies that monitor this type of flow of, of people traffic. Is, in, it not worth, is, of it, is it not worth it? We see the damage that it causes. Is it not worth it? Um, I don't know. I, you know what, what, I, I'm not to, I, I don't want to disagree with you because it's a good cause and you're coming from a good place. But uh, life experience damages people, I got to tell you. And 
the the uh, the challenges to crawl back and to fight back and to overcome. That's the whole that's the whole tachlis of uh, of creation. I would say not to be rejected. But what I like what you said last week about the way you, the way you intermingled the school rejections with uh, shidduchim rejections. It, le- it leads. I, I think it leads later on. You know, someone did respond. They wrote on the, on the flip side. What about the overworked heads of schools? I grew up giving my entire life for a school. Parents running a school, trying their absolute best, being honest and taking flack. They have so much responsibility as it is. Now they're the ones to take the blame for this. Listen, I'm not blaming anybody. That's so, for starters. I'm not blaming anybody. I, I prefaced my 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 talk last time with the following: Cholesterol is amazing. Everyone's doing the best that they can. Compared to the rest of the world, we are incredible. We're doing we're we're doing amazing. That's yeah. a that's that's a we're doing great. As a people, we try to be as sensitive as possible. We try to do as best as possible. If we could find in an area right here in this little bubble about high schools and seminaries and rejections, if we see how much damage it's causing for people, not just immediately, but also down the road when it comes to Shadokan for them, I think it's it's up to us to brainstorm and say, hey, well, how can we fix okay. that? Now, okay, there's something that I thought about over the weekend. There's a flip side that you're neglecting to this whole issue. What's that? And that is that there's all, all kinds of kids, whether they're... 13 years old going into high school or 18 years old and going into seminary, there's these these heads of yeshivas and seminaries yeah. that you're talking about, they're under pressure from parents, okay? Okay. And also it also involves um, uh, finances to a great degree. So there's two things. That's really unfortunate, honestly. Two things. There's two things. Number one, you have, and I've read this uh, over the years, you have parents that have influence in a school that say, I want to send my kid to your school, but I'm not if you accept so-and-so. Okay, because they have a certain deficiency that they object to or something like that. And that is blistering type of pressure to be under for a head of a school. You have a donor. Uh, uh, doesn't have to be supporting the entire school, but you have someone that's a substantial uh, supporter of a school and tells you that if you accept someone from that and that family that has this and this happening. You think that's them, common? I think it's, you know, none of this is common. Most people get accepted to schools routinely without any uh, kind of obstacles. Most, most people? Yeah. Um, you think um, most um, people majority? get into schools routinely without having their, without having to pull any pull? Yeah. Any, any, any yeah. protexia? Of course, of course they do. Otherwise you have nothing but protexia running the entire system. That's not it. It's the exceptions to the rule. It's exceptions to the natural flow of things that you're talking about, and which is tragic for for people. Don't you think? Um, I know we're flip flopping back to Shadokim again. Most kids, they date, they get married, they're rather uneventfully, without any great uh, drama. But then again, uh, there's a lot of situations. There are too many situations where there where there's drama. You're talking about schools that reject everyone. What about, you know how many, um, how many singles are, girls and boys, how many singles are sitting around waiting for a, a shidduch and nobody reaches out to them? Nobody cares to read them a shidduch? What are they supposed to do? How are you drawing the parallel? Well, it, they both they both have uh, uh, elements of, of, of rejection in them well, and people feeling left out. I, I think, people feel left out. I, I think, you know, there's something in the NFL uh, no, 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 no! I'm not going on that. There's something in the NFL when when a when a football player is diving for a catch, okay. di- diving to catch a ball. Okay, and an, and a, a defenseman or a cornerback or a safety hits him okay. while he's diving for that ball. Okay, and he makes contact with his head. Okay, it's called it's a flag. It's a personal foul. Okay. It's uh, it's a, de- a defenseless a defenseless receiver. He could not defend himself. There's nothing he could have done about that. 
when you're going ahead and pulling this rejection card on someone who's coming out of eighth grade, who someone is is 13, 14 years old, they are a defenseless receiver. They are not adults. It's not fair to play this game with them. It's not fair to to put them through that. So the, the adults need to figure out, they need to figure out you know, I know you said rejection is good. It builds character, and I agree with that. I agree with that. I'm not encouraging I it. I'm not encouraging it. I know, it. but I, I think that one. It's, it's a reality that exists. I, I get it's a reality, but when it comes to people this young, there's enough rejection that they experience throughout life. It doesn't need to be something this this traumatizing and this crucial in their life, not being rejected, right, not but, being accepted to high school. But let's clarify. We're not talking about the majority of circumstances. Uh, no, it's not. We're talking about an unfortunate minority of circumstances. It's never. It's. It, I, th I think in this circumstance. You, you would like to be no situations like that. I, I, think in the, I think in this situation that we're talking about, if it's five people, it's too many. Okay, that's a five people is a minuscule fraction. I get it. First of all, it's not five people. Second of all, what I'm saying to you is that any amount is too much, and we need to do everything in our power to make it happen. Uh, now, I'm not saying that people are going to say, you know what? There are people that get accepted, and they don't want to go to the other school, so they don't go, and then... I'm not. I'm not saying. I have. I. I personally take a take an issue. I don't know how often it happens. I don't like when I hear that a girl or a boy receives four, three or four rejection letters from high schools. And you know what? There's a video you had mentioned before about uh, people saying that I don't want this. My kid's not going to go to this school. That kid goes That's to school. Right. That, that, there's that, two people. That happens more than anything else. There's two people. I don't. I don't know about that. But there's two people that went to Rav Steinman, and there's a famous video on YouTube, and they went to Rav Steinman with a case of a mother and a father where uh, two, two adults were getting married. It was their second marriage, and the father's kids were in a specific cheder, and the mother wanted her kids to go to that cheder. Mm -hmm. And uh, they said to Rav Steinman, the kids are a little different, and the other parents are worried. So Rav Steinman said, where do you want the kid to go? You want him to go to right. the moon? Okay. No, there's other schools. There's other schools. Yeah, but the so Rav Steinman said, no, but the mother wants the kid to go to this school. Right. One of the people said, yeah, but uh, but but she's crazy. She, he said, she's crazy because she wants her kid to go to a good school. Do you want your kids to go to a good school? Yeah. Are you crazy? You're not crazy. No, but a parent a parent, uh, a parent, says it's, it's not the type. So Steinman says, you can quantify it's not the type? How do you quantify it's not the type? He said, a parent knows. That's when Steinman slammed his fist on the table. He said, oh, there's always one that knows. Gaiva, gaiva, gaiva. That's gaiva, gaiva, gaiva. And then you know what said? The, the guy said to him, no, Rav Steinman, it's a, it's a, a grace, a hush of younger man. Yeah. A grace of Gaiva, he said. Yeah. It's a grace of Gaiva. <laughs> Listen, but that's someone that gets the opportunity to go to Rav Steinman, of course, years ago when he was alive. Those words should resonate with us, though. But uh, what, do you, what, what, what do you do today? There's more, there's more people, more, more yeshiva heads and seminary heads being told, I'm not sending my kid to that yeshiva because so-and-so is in the yeshiva. Uh, do you really people think People that so? are getting routine rejection letters. You think so? Let's let's uh, let's see what the people say. What do I know? Let's put a let's get a let's get a poll going. Maybe we'll have people reach out to us. But listen, this is us continuing the conversation again. We don't have the solutions. I I would like let's I would, try, let's try to develop a solution. I would like to I, I would like to think for starters, um, instead of just mailing out rejection letters, and it could be that you know I think a lot of places already don't just mail out rejection letters. Call the parents up for a plan. We're not. Make sure. Listen, you're not going to be left without a place. We're going to make sure you find a place. Will it be the first place they want to send their kid to? It may not be. Hey, Is listen, it the Nachi, I know you know that there's uh, people that uh, get reject that are getting rejection letters right now for camp for summer camp. Okay. Yeah. This is summer camp enrollment season, even though it's only November. There's no space. What are you going to do? Uh, okay, it's the same thing in the yeshiva. Should there's they expand? No what are you going to do? So a big, a big, a big defense we heard a lot over the weekend was there's no space. So, so um. All right, there is no space. So what should, so what should we do? All right, but so. Sold? Yeah, no. So one of the things that we heard was that um, 
you know, to get considered by a camp in the summer, you got to send a deposit in, okay? And then, then you're told there's no room, uh, they don't, but they don't return your deposit. They say, if a position opens up, then we'll let you, we'll let you know. It means if by May or June somebody pulls out, then we'll let you go. Meantime, we're holding on to your $1,000 or $1,200 deposit. So they, you're out the money, and you don't have any plans for your kids coming uh, this summer while all their friends or people in, in the neighborhood or in the community have, have plans for their, for their kid. So there's this slippery slope. There's, you're, you're, you're looking to achieve perfection. I'm not looking to achieve perfection, and, and you know, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a good thing. That's uh, a good thing. But to, you can't expect. I'm not looking to achieve perfection. That's but. a good thing to endeavor to achieve. But you're not. You're never going to get there. There's more sensitivity. I'm not like. Uh, but we'll we'll close the the parentheses on this for now. Maybe we'll revisit a different time. But there was one thing that I heard that I, I thought. You know, listen. Another day, when it comes to high school, when it comes to seminary, let's take high school for example. At the end of the year, most people know probably what they know. Uh, March. Where they're going next year for high school? April? Uh, yeah, for sure by then. For sure by then. By, around the, the, all the tests are now. So. Right. So I'll tell you, there's many, many girls and boys that it's already like June, July, and they're in camp, and they don't have a place yet. Okay? They don't have a place yet, and all their friends have a place, or many of their friends have a place. So here's a suggestion. Nobody gets an acceptance letter until everybody gets an acceptance letter. You make sure... That everybody has a place before anyone has a place. So if this person did four interviews in this community and no one went to, no one took him yet, instead of doing this whole thing of the schools are not going to open until Yenum finds a place and make Yenum feel like you know that kid, so nobody you, gets an yeah. acceptance letter. So you need you need someone in each community to coordinate that. Well, we have many asks on him, and I think that this is a, a worth a worthy battle to fight. What do you think? Um, I think it's an uh, it's an ideal thing if you can make it uh, if you can make it happen, but uh, it'll hopefully reduce the amount of people that have to deal with rejection. But I don't think it's going to eliminate it. Uh, We're never going to be able to eliminate it, and all we could do is do our best. Unfortunately, something that took place um, as Kyrie Irving made his debut, his uh, not his yesterday. debut, he yesterday. returned from his suspension uh, with the Brooklyn Nets, is that you had a, a group of black Israelites um, outside the Barclays Center singing ahead of the Kyrie Irving return. What were they singing? They were singing that we are the real Jews. And I'll play a video over here. Yeah. <laughs> and in another video, uh, which I'll play right now, which I'm, you know, I have a tweet on it from Joe Paitlin. Uh, just a few blocks away from the largest Jewish community in the United States, black Hebrew Israelites marched to the streets chanting, we are the real Jews. If you think the biggest threat to Jews is Trump's return to Twitter, I have a bridge to sell you in Brooklyn. Here's the video. So they're saying, we are the real Jews. All right, that's an old story. Um, there is a big community of black Hebrews. In I, guess, I guess, I guess, I guess, I uh, guess the Nazis and Hitler made a mistake. Well, you know, there's an article in today's uh, New York Times about uh, uh, blacks and Jews, uh, uh, and the guy writes, um, "Blacks and Jews are in the same boat. We're the largest target of uh, discrimination and uh, and hate." So. Uh, it's best off if we figured out a way to stick together instead <laughs> of going to this kind of nonsense type of war. 
against one another. And, you know, Kyrie Irving uh, at his after game uh, news conference yesterday, yeah. he said he had no idea anybody was outside. He doesn't want to get into trouble. He doesn't want to be affiliated with that. Yeah. There was another player or former player. Jalen Brown? Uh, yeah. He's I a current know, player. He's a great player. Yeah, so he's he, the Boston he, Celtics. He tweeted something about it. And then he withdrew his tweet because yeah, he, backed he was stepping down quick. in. He was stepping into to big problems. I think something that we all can learn from situations like this, and especially in our position here in front of these mics, you got to think before you talk because once you say something, it's out there forever. You know, uh, Kyrie right. has put his foot in his mouth many times, and uh, Jalen Brown put his foot in his mouth last night, and it happens a lot in politics. People just say things without thinking. I think the smartest thing Kyrie ever said yesterday after the game was he just wants to focus on playing ball. That is the smartest thing he you said. Know, just like this, well, someone once said to LeBron James, I forgot who it was, just shut up and dribble. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good <laughs> thing, though, because that was very, that was, that was deemed, that? That was deemed as very racist. No, shut up? Which one? Shut up or dribble? Just to to insinuate that you should just play basketball and don't talk about that's their else. job. That's why they're known for. So, uh, just because someone's job is something doesn't mean they can't do anything let else. Them, let them, we, listen, we've had conversations here about uh, about models and singers and rock and roll stars who talk about Donald Trump and about this political candidate and that political candidate. That's not their field. What are they getting involved with something that's not their field? I I, I, dis- I disagree with you on that. Okay. That, that's good that we disagree. <laughs> yeah. This will be a very um, boring show if we didn't disagree. That is true. And I think that is our, our show for today. We'll have that. That's pretty much a lot that happened over the weekend. And obviously today's Monday. So a whole new bevy of stories will happen from now until you hear from us tomorrow morning. Um, but listen, stay tuned to Twitter. Everyone's looking out to see what Donald Trump's first tweet is going to be. Um, Kanye is doing Kanye stuff. Kyrie's back on the court. Uh, Chabad Shluchim are traveling back to their respective homes, and you know the Chabad Shluchos, the Knesset Shluchos, is coming, coming up, up, coming up, uh, coming, up coming up pretty soon. Someone asked me, uh, did they have a lady section there? And I said, listen, I don't think the husbands and the wives can leave their families and their communities. Well, most don't come, but there are there are some women there. But there's probably there's no mostly women, there's no women by the Knesset Shluchim. Uh, I've I've seen over I, ah, been, was I was last there last night. This year. There were, Maybe absolutely there was two. None. Maybe there were two waiters that were women. Besides for that, there's absolutely none. Yeah, I'd like to. I wish you would have gone into the kitchen and see how they serve six and a half thousand people. By the way, the food was incredible. So, shout out to them. Shout out to my friends at three hundred two at Mercos uh, for for inviting me. Mendy Kalarski, Avi, huh? Mercos Leonyoni Chinuch. Yeah. That's uh, that's uh, that that's seven seventy and that that big uh, that group photo. Yeah, those thousands of people. Someone asked me yesterday, "How do they get a picture like that? How do they get a lens like that? How far away do you have to shoot that picture from?" Technology nowadays, you can do anything, and uh, it's quite amazing. It was an amazing weekend, and uh, it's good to get be back in the saddle here. Absolutely. Of course, you can go ahead and follow us on WhatsApp. Our status is booming. We have a few thousand subscribers already. So go ahead and click the link in the description in the show notes. Sign up for our WhatsApp status. If you have any feedback and you don't have WhatsApp, you can go ahead and message us. You can send us an email at thedailythread at meaningfulminute.org. Of course, we'll be back with another episode tomorrow and Wednesday and Thursday. Maybe Friday? Probably not. Anyways, we will see you tomorrow. Okay.